Very excited, Bubba. Anytime that we can have this next guest, we have now the Director of Athletics for East Carolina University, and that will be John Gilbert. John, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate you all asking me to come on. Absolutely. I know I wanted to start it off. I was thinking about you and Ryan uh, when you guys took over and you had the financial situation, you had COVID, and we're really excited and happy for you because now your hard work, I know you guys work a lot of long hours, and man, this over the last year has been outstanding with a lot of great things to talk about. Well, well, it is an exciting time. I do feel, you know, one, if you look at our sports teams, I feel like we're, you know, stable and competitive, uh, which is always a positive. And then if you look at uh, the revenue piece, you know, where, where we are financially, uh, you know, we're selling tickets, Town Bank Towers full, and then our capital campaign is going well. But it, it's not – you know, to tell the complete story, we we still need more. Like, what while it it is good, you know, we we still need you know more people to participate. Yeah, John, you mentioned more people to participate, and kind of jump right into it. Um, well, then we'll backtrack to how well we're doing and not in, in, in all the sports across the board, really. But uh, you mentioned more people to participate. You, you know, we're kind of pulling from the same pool here. We, we got the Pirate Club, we got Pirates Unite, we got, and then we got the Boneyard Collective. Um, what can be done, you know, to try to create an ad instead of instead of getting the same people to donate more and more? How can we add to to, to that group of people and get more people involved? Well, that that is a a you know re- really the the million dollar uh, question. I, I think the biggest piece with it is, you, you know, n- no matter who you are or what your wealth capacity is. You you have to everybody has to determine what they're going to give and and where they give it. So obviously we need people to buy tickets. You know, come to our athletic events. We certainly want them to participate in the capital campaign with the many projects we have going on. And then finally, uh, is NIL you know opportunities for our student athletes and we're in a really transitional time with the NCAA. There's probably more volatility going on right now than ever before. And and so uh, there, there are not really a whole lot of guidelines on, on NIL. And I struggle with it personally, because if you, if you look at it, uh, you know, holistically, you're, you're only as good as the players you have. You know, so all our coaches, they're, they're only as good as the players they have. The better players we have, the m- more people are excited and willing to give. And, and so, I, you know, I tell our people all the time, uh, you, you know, we want you to support everything, but if, if you have to choose, you know, you choose and feel what is the best option, you know, for you moving forward. You, you talk about the NIL and the NCAA. Do you do you foresee the NCAA trying to reel some of this back in and maybe putting a cap on some of this, or do you or do you anticipating it for the foreseeable future continuing to be in the Wild West? I I don't I don't see them putting a cap on anything. Uh, I, now I think there may be some guardrails as to you know what is permissible moving forward. Um, but I don't see it going away. Like, 
you know, they're they're not going to take money out of student athletes' pockets, but there may be more national guidelines because right now all the guidelines are state to state, meaning what's permissible in North Carolina may be impermissible in Virginia. Yeah, and you could have some schools with a significant disadvantage depending on the state you're in because of that. John, this is Bubba. If if you would talk a little more specifically about season tickets, last season in 2022, 15,835 was the number. You set a goal of 16,000, and I I think the last I heard, mid to late May, we were approaching 13,000. Where is that number? And I knew uh, Coleman Spain and said he felt pretty confident of hitting our goal of 16. We are a little north of 13,000. Uh, in our season tickets, I think the last time I checked with Coleman, we were at like thirteen eight, and and so I do feel like we'll get north of fifteen thousand. What we always have some people that are, you know, late to to renew and or, you know, they're not really thinking about football, and when they're done going to the beach, you know, they look up and go, oh my gosh, it's football season, I'm I'm gonna renew. So I think we'll get to that 15,000-plus uh, number, and that that is really an important number for us because everybody wants to talk about putting, you know, 14 or, or uh, 40 or 50,000 people in Dowdy-Ficklin, and, and the only way that happens is to have a really strong, uh, you know, season ticket base because if if you only sell, for example, ten thousand uh, season tickets, man, that that's a lot of tickets to sell for a single game to try to get that number of people in into one venue. Part of those season tickets are obviously the loge boxes and suites. And so, if you would talk about, I know those have um, sold really well, and where that stands, and then also, kind of like Dave mentioned in the in the open. Um, what you inherited with the Town Bank Tower project and that was um, you know put into place by the previous administration, but you know where we stand, like how far down the road uh, will it be until those loge boxes and suites, et cetera, are are uh, pr- um, producing for us um, from a financial standpoint? Well, they they they're producing for us now. Like last year was the first time that we sold out Town Bank Tower. Uh, it'll be sold out again uh, this uh, coming football season. So all suites, all loge boxes, all club seats uh, are all sold. So that's uh, that in itself is a positive. Uh, so really encouraged about where, where that is. And, you know, it, it's all, you know, it, it's all uh, cyclical. You know, our our football has been on an uptick, and and people are confident about, you know, where the program is, and you know we've got to continue to invest and and make sure we're maintaining that because as soon as there is a dip, you know, on the field, that that does translate into season tickets and suites, et cetera. How is how is the different from power club members? you've spoken with, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how is the overall fan reaction of the new American versus the old American? Is it kind of neutral? Are fans, you know, a little disappointed, not playing Cincinnati, 
use the UCF anymore? Any, any, you know, is there any, do you just see pain, any excitement about the new teams coming in? What, what do you think the overall reaction from the fan base is? Well, well, I, you know, I do think that there is a level of excitement. Uh, I, I do think, you know, certainly Houston and Cincinnati and Central Florida were, you know, very competitive uh, programs that, you know, we'll, we'll miss the competitive piece of that. But I also, uh, you know, look at what we have coming in. And, you know, there are some really good programs uh, that, that are, are – coming into the American that that will be competitive. Uh, I I am excited uh, uh, about Charlotte coming in. And, you know, I I know that they're not uh, where we are, uh, you know, just yet. Uh, I I think that, you know, they're still uh, a growing program. They haven't had football for a long time. But, But I think this more than anything you know, when, when I ask people, and even our student athletes, hey, who who are our rivals? And, and they would tell me, well, our rivals are, you know, North Carolina and North Carolina State. And, and I'd say, now, now you realize we don't play them every year. Like they're not in our conference. Who who do you think our rival is? And and we really haven't had that. So I do think for us. To at least have the ability to develop and build a rivalry uh, is an important piece. I think having a conference foe that you can drive to is an important piece. You know, if you look at uh, the the ACC and the SEC in particular, and you know, I spent 20 plus years in the SEC. If you had to ask me, what what are what are the strengths of that league? I, I might point to this first is the ability for so many schools to drive to one another, you know, where fan bases can go to away games. Like there is a, a, a sense of a rivalry. And I think by having Charlotte close by, uh, that'll be important. I do think from a basketball standpoint, uh, when you look at FAU coming off a Final Four run and their whole team's coming back, uh, if you look at UAB, I saw somebody put something out, you know, as the top 50 programs of, of all-time basketball. UAB was in that top 50. I think they've been to the NCAA tournament, you know, somewhere between like 12 and 15 times. Uh, and then obviously North Texas has a good basketball tradition. And then on the football side, uh, you, you can point to Texas San Antonio. Uh, you know, they were a top 25 program uh, last year. UAB's made a big investment in football. They've won Conference USA multiple years in a, in a row. So I do think our fan base will be a little surprised at how some of the teams coming in they will be competitive right away. I follow up a couple of things you said. Um, one about Charlotte and uh, creating a rivalry. We were actually discussing that before we got on the phone with you uh, about Memphis and how we thought Memphis had become somewhat of a rivalry in football because how intense the games have been in the last couple of years. We've been playing so long. Um, I understand the reasoning behind not doing divisions that you can have your two highest ranked teams playing potentially for a playoff spot in the near future. Uh, 
rivalry. It seems like if we would have had divisions, being in the same division with Charlotte, Memphis, Temple, et cetera, it would have been better for creating rivalries. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, it, it's hard to, to create a rivalry, rivalry when there's that big a distance between the schools. And, and I'm not saying that they that you can't do that. Um, it, you certainly can. We just haven't had that to date, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, and, and then I think the other piece that, you know, people are forgetting, and, and honestly, I'd be surprised if people were tracking this just because it's, it's so big picture. But if you look at the college football playoff expansion at 24, um, you know, it's going to go to 12 teams. The the first round of the playoff is going to be on campuses, college campuses. And, and so it's really important from an American athletic standpoint to not go to divisions, but really put your best teams forward to make sure that you're vying for one of those playoff spots. Correct. And I, I think if we would have – you know, I'm just picking a random school. I'm picking Charlotte because it's close by. We go to divisions, and, you know, we're, we're not able to put our two best teams uh, into the championship game, then I don't think that we have served ourselves where, uh, well as far as getting a position in the, in the new expanded CFP playoffs. No, that's right. You, 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 what you're saying is perfectly logical. John, I had a question as far as going back to Pirates Unite. Um, very excited about, uh, I want to give you kudos to you and Ryan Robinson for the great job y'all are doing with uh, that campaign. I know there's a couple campaigns that already completed. You've already got construction. I know going to Minji's, but I wanted to talk about the Isleys. They're a great gift. And um, yesterday, the breaking news where we had, uh, Harold and Amanda Varner giving a great gift for the indoor practice facility. You know, I, our fan base has been, you know, our donor base has been really remarkable in that, um, you, you know, we only have a, a, a limited number of alumni. You know, we're we're not a huge alumni school like some other places. And I, I do feel like when you have someone like a Van Isley, a Van and Jennifer Isley, for them to, you know, come forward and make a gift of that nature, like we're not able to do projects without people like that. And then yesterday you had Harold and Amanda Var uh, Varner, you, you know, Harold's a former student athlete, um, for, for him to give back and invest. Uh, in our student-athletes and the future of our department, just nothing short uh, of remarkable. But I'd also say this, like we need uh, the $500, the $1,000 and up gift as well. Certainly we need people to make gifts to put their names on buildings, but, but we also need the small gifts as well, and they're equally as important. And, you know, we're hopeful that more people will come through uh, with, with those type of amounts. No doubt. And winning kind of helps with all that. And speaking of winning, um, you know, made a ball game in football this year. Uh, of course, made the, made the regionals again in baseball. Uh, but what I want to talk about briefly is basketball. Um, 
you know, uh, there was some criticism when you made the decision to part ways with Coach Dooley. But I've heard somebody say one time, it it don't matter as long as you get the hire right. Uh, The fans will quickly get on board. And uh, I think he did that. I I love Mike Schwartz. Um, I think what he did with the basketball program, with the turnover he had, was amazing that we were just below 500. Um, I I believe in him. His guys play together as a team. Uh, Talk about the job Mike Schwartz is doing and what you think he will do in the future. Well, I I think to start with – you know, Mike really wanted to be at East Carolina. Um, and I think that's a big part. Like when you, when you hire a coach and you can tell, you know, pretty quickly uh, what what their intentions are. And, and, and I'd say, you know, Mike Schwartz really wanted to be a pirate. He thought that there was tremendous potential uh, in the program. I, I think he's built a, a really good staff. One of the things that they do extremely well is player development. And they spend a lot of time in the gym. You know, the student athletes, the basketball student athletes, they do this individual workout. It's called a vitamin, like you're getting your daily vitamin. And you go in and work on dribbling, shooting, rebounding, whatever whatever the coaches, you know, think that you need to work on. And if you look over the course of the year, uh, the way our players got better, and and no one really remembers this, but like Ezra Ozar at the beginning of the year was hardly playing. You you know, uh, if you go back and look at early minutes, um, you you know, not not that many, but but at the end of the year, the, the growth that he had, I, I would point back to the player development piece that our uh, coaches have uh, and, and what Schwartz has instilled, um, you, you know, w- with our team. Uh, you, you look at the additions that we have, you know, he understands how important it is to recruit Eastern North Carolina. Um, you, you know, you, you understand how important it is to keep the good players that we have, which by and large we did other than one player. Um, and you, you look to, you know, based on relationships and recruiting, you go to the portal and, and add a few pieces. And, and then the, the next piece, you know, maybe just as important as recruiting is scheduling. And, you know, he wants to play a really good schedule uh, we, we scheduled the series with South Carolina. We were able to beat them down in Greenville, South Carolina. They'll come back to Menji's, uh this year, and then the following year we'll go back to Columbia. Th- those are good games uh, for us to get. And, um, you know, I appreciate uh, Coach Schwartz for, you know, having the wherewithal to schedule those type games. We, we lost a pirate legend. Uh, back in the winter with Jeff Charles, obviously. And, um, you know, filling his shoes won't be easy for whoever does it. If you could talk about the hiring process for that, is it Playfly's decision? Is it East Carolina's decision? Is it a combination? Uh, will they interview with you? Uh, how, how will that process work? Well, it, it was tragic what happened. And, um, you know, just the outpouring of support that I saw from our fan base was was really special. 
Um, we we are in the middle of advertising for the position. We, we have a small committee uh, pulled together to, to look at the applicants. We'll finalize that list, and then the committee, along with myself and Clay Walker from Playfly, will narrow that list and bring people in to interview. And, and it'll be a joint decision between uh, ECU Athletics and Playfly. Uh, ultimately, um, you know, the, they'll be employed through Playfly, but they're, they're going to be, you know, they'll be a face to ECU athletics. So it's important that we're a part of that process as well. No doubt about it. We miss uh, Jeff a lot. I wanted to ask you, John, with the time, I know uh, you're very busy, so we want to ask a couple more and let you go. Um, one of the questions I have as far as scheduling goes, is there any updates or any breaking news you can tell us about on the show? Uh, not, not really. Uh, we're, 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 you know, we look at it uh, weekly. You know, we're still trying to adjust some things in the future. You know, I want to make sure that our schedule is competitive. It, it is getting um, harder to almost impossible to get Power Five teams to come to Dowdy Ficklin. Now we have a few coming in the future. You know, we've got NC State returning. We've got Wake coming. We've got West Virginia, uh, West Virginia coming. Uh, we got BYU coming. So we have some, but w when you look out past like 2028, it it is um, that th there is little to no interest in that. You know, if they want to play you, they want to play you on the road. Uh, or they want to play you at a neutral site. And, and that's not just ECU. That's across the group of five. And, um, you know, sh short of political pressure, we're, we're going to have a, a difficult time, you know, getting those teams to come in to Dowdy Ficklin. Is political pressure something we'll employ if we have to? Well, I think we'll look at everything, uh, you, you know, um, I, I think it's important to, to have those games. It's good for uh, the economy. It's good for the, you know, I, I look at it this way. When, when we go, when we played baseball at NC State, you know, we, we help them fill their stadium. And same thing when they come here. Uh, you, you know, they help us fill it. Uh, and that that's an important piece to what we're all doing, and and I'd hate to see that go away. As the as college sports seems to evolve from a television standpoint, I think eventually the traditional cable satellite is going to go away, and it's all going to go to streaming. Whether it's in the next five years, ten years, fifteen years, do we get numbers from ESPN Plus directly on how we are doing on the streaming platforms? I really think as it goes to all streaming it could really benefit schools like East Carolina versus the old media market Nielsen rating system. Uh, we, we do get those numbers and uh, our streaming, you know, our production area, uh, which, you know, Greg Pierce oversees and we, they do an unbelievable job. You know, if you pull up a, a stream from ECU, we're doing that in house and we, we have an extremely uh, competent staff. That, that manages that for us, and we spend a lot of money there. And we do benefit from that. ESPN does see those numbers. 
um, and, and that's an important piece. The, the only, you know, I say this a little tongue-in-cheek, the only frustrating piece about it is, you know, that that midweek baseball game, when you look in the stands and you go, oh, my gosh, there's nobody here, or hardly anyone here, and you, you pull up how many are watching it in Greenville uh, on their iPad or computer, you, you know, you don't want to make it too good where they forget to come to the game in person. All right, John, well, we'll let you go. Appreciate it very much for the time. You're always welcome on the show and a very exciting time to be a pirate. It, it is. I appreciate you all having me and uh, happy to come back whenever you want. Go Pirates.